that we can get from the passage, but you park on certain parts. For me, in this song, I was parking on, um, he's been a good guy. He's my shelter from the storm, amen? He's been my shelter from the storm. How about you? If you're here today, God only knows. We might not know. Um, your neighbor might not know. Whoever you um, live with might not know. Only he knows what shelter, what shelter, what shelter he is um, hiding you from and covering you from. And for that, praise him today. Hallelujah. You're here. You're alive and well. Amen. And even if it's for a moment, your job is strictly to love on God. He'll take care of loving on you. Hallelujah. But by his grace, hallelujah, he's here to save, to heal, to break chains. Hallelujah. He is here for whatever your need is here today. So, Help us celebrate Jesus today. Hallelujah. He breaks chains. There's power in that name. Hallelujah. Call upon that name and is here today. Hallelujah. To break whatever chain that is. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and give him some praise today. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and give him praise today.
Praise the Lord. Do you hear the chains falling? There has to be a step of faith. You might still feel bound. You might still feel discouraged. You might feel, still feel facing challenges. But by faith, you hear the chains falling. You hear the liberation, the deliverance being yours. I want to lead you in a moment of prayer. Just step out of your seat. Those that are in expectation of the miraculous in their lives, just come out of your seat. Stand here in front of me. I want to lead you in a moment of prayer, intercession. Whatever you're facing, whatever challenges in the home or at work or physically, uh, decisions, perhaps you're at the crossroads of a major decision, let us pray the blessing of the Lord to guide you and God to instill faith in your heart to be able to decide, not according to what we want. How often do we decide and we make mistakes? Sometimes we need advice and wisdom. And that's what this is about. This prayer is that God would surround us with his wisdom and bless us and guide us. Just lift up your hands throughout this place and let's pray together. Father, I come before you in the name of Christ, your son, and we realize the power of this moment. It goes beyond just getting together on this special day. It goes beyond even the singing of songs and, uh, and dancing of dances that we do here this, to this, uh, this day. It really is about a faith that believes in you, that trusts you. Sometimes we're surrounded by impossibilities and doors that appear closed or even the lack of motivation to move forward. But we believe you. We trust you. We pray, dear God, in a very special way that the Holy Spirit would speak into our hearts and our lives and grant us the encouragement that we need for wise decisions. Lord, we've made decisions in the past. Some of them just haven't been wise. And we realize that we need you and your wisdom. So, Father, speak into our hearts. Whisper into our hearts. Allow us, Lord, to be able to have wisdom in choosing what path to take, what decisions to make. Not every door that is in front of us should be opened. Some need to remain closed. But we need your discernment and your guidance. So Holy Spirit, touch our mind, our hearts, and guide us to a place where we will find purpose and be moved and motivated to live out that purpose. We come against sickness and infirmity. We come against emotional depression. Feelings of guilt and being overwhelmed, Lord, and disconnected are the feelings that sometimes we have. We come against those, Lord. You are the Prince of Peace. You are Jehovah Shammah, the God that's present totally as God in our situation. You are Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides, and Jehovah Rapha, the one that heals. You are our righteousness and justification. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You are the beginning and the end. You are so powerful that your voice calls Lazarus out. Your presence makes the earth to shake. Your name makes every knee to bow. That's who you are. So, Father, touch us, reach us, bless us. Let this day be a moment for turning around, for changing our situations. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's bless the Lord. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Greet the people that are around you, to your right, to your left. 
Greet somebody. Shake their hand. Bless them. Make sure you greet the people around you. Give them a handshake. Greet them. Amen. Greet them. Praise the Lord. Look at that person and give them a handshake and uh, give them a bless them with a smile. Bless them with a smile. God is good. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Greet someone and then make your way back to your seats if you can. Those that are standing, make your way to a seat. Amen. We have a lot going on here in the sanctuary today. Some, uh, we'll be using the aisles and all the spaces, the public areas there. So, hallelujah. But you know what? Before we continue, why don't we receive the offerings and the tithes? I'm ready to give. I brought my offering today. And let the ushers be prepared to do just that. Amen. And the ushers are going to go to you today. Obviously, we reconfigured our sanctuary. So, Right at your seat, I, I want to encourage the visitors that are here, you don't need to do anything, it's totally optional, but if you worship in this place, we expect you to give generously to the work of, of ministry, participate with us, the ushers have envelopes they can give you, and uh, I invite you to join me, I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not doing, so I invite you to join me, and also I just want to remind you church, and visitors that are here, we are gearing up to changing all of our technology here, upgrading our sound system and, and the internet connections that we have for people watching us right now uh, on the internet and through Facebook. Uh, uh, we're, we just want to upgrade our electrical, our uh, digital system, go from analog to digital, and we need your help. So uh, what I'd like to do, can I tell you my dream for a moment? My dream would be this. I would love for us to purchase, install, test, and have ready the new system uh, in time for our Easter celebration. How about that? We have a large crowd that comes in, and we want to be able to give our people the best that we can. And uh, maybe one or two of us can't do it alone, but together we've done that and a lot more. So we want to change the sound and go into a digital system and, uh, and be able to continue to reach the world with the good news that is in Christ Jesus. So I invite you to join me. I've been giving, my wife and I have been giving since the, the summer. Every week we give an offering toward that. But you can join in now. Amen? Or write a special check, a special donation. Once we have all the money that we need for the system, we'll tell you, don't give any more for that. That's the way we run in this church. So uh, uh, plan that out. Plan that out. I don't believe in emotional giving. I believe you contemplate and think and meditate and pray and talk to your family members. But I believe in giving. So don't hook up to emotions. Amen? Uh, rather, think it through and give as generously as you can. And if you can't because you're not working, not a problem. We're going to pray that God will bless you and that this year you get that Super duper job you've been waiting for. And then also to remember that you didn't have, but now you have, and then you can give after that as well. Amen? Hold the envelope in your right hand, lift it up high. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to worship you with our finances. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to give. And I pray your blessing over your people as we demonstrate our faithfulness to the work of ministry here. And as we continue to build your kingdom in the hearts of people, Lord, let our gift, let our donation be a part of that. I also pray, Lord, for those that cannot give because they just don't have, legitimately cannot. Bless them so that in the near future they can celebrate with us this wonderful moment of worshiping you with finances. I thank you, praying this in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Just stay right where you are. The ushers will go to you.
Introducing TextGiving, powered by MoGive. With TextGiving, you can now use your mobile device to support us, whether you're here in person or hundreds of miles away. It's simple, fast, and secure. Just text our unique keyword and the amount you want to give to the short code 59769. Following your first gift, you'll be sent a link to set up your mobile giving account. Follow the instructions to provide your payment information and activate your account. It will take less than two minutes. It's that easy. The next time you want to give, simply text our keyword and any dollar amount to that same short code. Then verify your gift with confirm. You're now ready to give anytime, anywhere, in any amount.
First, want to thank everyone for being here today. I know we got a couple of hours to go. I should be finished by halftime. Um, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. I first want to thank the people that helped produce this show today. Here I am, Aaron Flores, your production manager. Um, we have Alan Jones, our uh, field coordinator, who did the field. Matt Rivera, our technical director. Zoe Quintero, our choreographer, that wonderful dancer there. Our Destiny Youth for the dancing. I think they need a special shout out because it takes a lot to be a young person and take out time. They come here on Saturday mornings. They were here on Sunday mornings. They're here practicing instead of sleeping or watching shows or cartoons. They're here preparing to prepare the hearts and the minds to hear the word. So I really want to thank them. I want to thank the PCC coaching staff over here. That's my coaching staff. I want to thank my personal coaching staff, my mom and my stepdad, Rich, representing the 49ers. Yeah, don't be upset. Little fun fact for those of you who are like, oh, why do you like San Francisco 49ers? You're not from San Francisco. True. But here's a little fun fact the NFL. In New York, there's really only one team that plays in New York, and that is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so all you Giant fans and Jet fans that think you represent the New York, yeah, they play in New Jersey. I don't know if you know that. So way to go, New Jersey, for all you people that got the jerseys on. That's for you, June. But here we are, Super Bowl Sunday is the reason why we're wearing the jerseys. It's the biggest game of the year in, the, in America. It's watched around the world by millions. Um, just to give you an idea, on a regular football game, there's about maybe 50 press credentials that go out for the press and media to cover the game. This year, there was 5,500 press credentials that go into this game alone, just to give you an idea of the enormity of this game. Um, and as the game broadcasts to millions of people, we too will be broadcasting to millions of people on the Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know if millions of people will be watching this broadcast, but we will be broadcasting to millions of people on the Super Bowl Sunday. We can check with our technical director and see how many people actually watched. Um, it's Super Bowl. I love Super Bowl. I'm upset that Tom Brady's there again. I don't want to see him win another one. Yeah, sorry. Joe Montana, the greatest quarterback ever from the 49ers, has four Super Bowls, and so does Brady, so I don't want to see him win. I'm going for the Falcons. But uh, it's okay. But just because, just, just because we're broadcasting to millions, I just want to let you know that our... Super Bowl service is being subsidized by commercials this year. So most of you go to see the Super Bowl for commercials. Well, we need to have commercials to pay for this wonderful event and to pay for our audio system that we need. So I may be breaking for a commercial break every once in a while. So just bear with me. Listen, we got to pay the bills. So bear with me. Um, last year, for those of you who are here, I spoke about how to win the game. And uh, the theme was follow the playbook, hold on to the ball, the playbook being the word of God, the ball being Jesus. This year, I wanted to get into the mindset of a player. And the theme is how to lose the big game. How do we lose the big game? And obviously, this is Super Bowl Sunday, so we're referring it to ourselves. And how do we lose the big game of life? How do we prepare to lose the big game? 
And if we go, it, it feels like, Pastor, that it's been like a, a two-week conference because a lot of the things that were spoken about in the last two weeks by um, Andy on a Wednesday and Reverend Ralph last Sunday really coincides with what with I'm about to speak, and some of the points are even the same. So either God is telling us that we're on the right track, keep going, you know, you're hearing from God, or he's telling us you guys aren't listening, so i got to keep telling you the same thing over and over again. I hope it's the first and not the latter. We'll see today. But the first thing you have to do to prepare to lose the big, what? Oh, sorry, commercial break. I used to be one of those people who would stress out about making major decisions or being asked to believe in something. My friends would always tell me, what's wrong with me? I couldn't go outside, I couldn't eat or sleep, but my friend told me about this new pill called I Doubt It, and it's been a lifesaver. So whenever I have to make a major decision or being asked to believe in this or that, I take I Doubt It. And now I can live my life worry-free because I doubt everything. Hey, Carlos, are you going to be in the play this year? I doubt it. <laughs> oh, hey, Carlos, man, I heard you don't have a job anymore. Are you going to be okay? I doubt it. Who are you looking at? <laughs> I doubt it is not for everyone. Call your pastor if your condition worsens. Side effects may include distrust, uncertainty, suspicion, and fear. People who have taken I Doubt It tend not to accomplish anything in life. In some cases, I Doubt It has led to spiritual death. Other side effects may include dizziness, diarrhea, vomiting, unconsciousness, depression, disillusion, pain in your joints, boredom, high blood pressure, seizures, crowded trains, bankruptcy, and rain on sunny days. I Doubt It has changed my life. I doubt it. How many of you have taken the I doubt it pill once in your life? How many of you are on that prescription right now? Don't answer that. If, as a player, if you want to lose the big game, the first thing you need to do is doubt. The definition of doubt is to lack confidence or to be uncertain. Synonyms for doubt are distrust, uncertain, question, suspect. On an emotional level, doubt is the moment of indecision between belief and disbelief. It's a small fraction of time on whether you're going to believe something or not believe something. And as believers, we are constantly being bombarded and attacked by the enemy to not believe. Satan does not want us to believe in God, does not want us to believe his word, does not want us to believe his promises for us. Reason being is because Satan knows that God's word does not come back void. So he doesn't want to allow that to linger in your life. He doesn't want you to have that faith. He wants to take it away from you. So he's constantly bombarding you every day with stuff. I mean, think about it. You wake up in the morning, it's like, should I pray today? Mm, I doubt it. Nah, I, doubt it. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to make a difference. Should I do the 21 days of fasting? Eh, I don't know. I doubt it. Should I, uh, is God going to heal my, my, my sickness? I don't know, man. Like, there's other sicknesses that are healable, but mine? <laughs> Can't heal mine. 
Mine is cancer. Mine is AIDS. You know, mine is a brain tumor. How's God going to do that? He can't do that. I believe for other people, but I don't know about me. I doubt it's going to happen for me. As a player, think about a player waking up Super Bowl Sunday and going, man, I don't think I'm good enough to play in this game. Man, I don't know if our team is better than the other team. I don't know if I've prepared enough. I don't know if my skills are good enough. I don't know if the game plan is good enough. I don't trust the coaches. I don't know if they know what they're doing. I'm not sure if I can win this game. If a player goes into the, into the game with that mindset, there's nothing that's going to be good in his outcome and result. Because at that moment of conception, he's already failed. You didn't even have to get to the game. But in his mind, he's already failed. Game is over. There's really no purpose in going. So as a player, you have to come in confident. You have to come in certain that what you've done to prepare, that what you've heard from the coaching staff, that what you've been preparing all season and all your life has come to this point for you to win this game. In Romans 10.9, it says, if you believe in your heart, or if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Doubt is at the very foundation of a believer's life. It's the very first thing you encounter. Either you believe that Jesus is Lord and he, he was raised from the dead, or you don't believe. That's it. There's nothing else to it. You want to be saved? Believe. You don't want to be saved? Don't believe. Small fragment in time. But Satan's constantly bombarding us, bombarding us, bombarding us with not believing, not believing. Don't do it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to help you. He's not good enough for you. You're not good enough for him. It's a constant bombardment. So faith, uh, doubt is at the very center of a believer's life. It's the first thing you encounter. And in Hebrews 11.6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God is telling you to believe in him, because without believing in him, it's impossible to please him. Why? Because his word is true. And if you believe in him, you have to believe in his word. And if you believe in his word, then you're doing what it says. And if you're doing what it says, then you're pleasing God. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. I am not going to bring out anything exponential that you haven't heard before. It's just that we complicate things. We make things greater than God is. We make our problems and our doubt greater than he is. But it's a very simple concept. What I say is true, God is telling us. And if you believe in it and do it, you will be rewarded for those who earnestly seek him. So doubt lingers Lingers, And when you allow doubt to linger in your mind and linger in your body, you have a physical reaction to doubt. When you were young, you know when you used to like jump spaces of distance, or when you're watching a movie and a guy's running on the rooftop from somebody, and they're, they're running across the rooftops, and they always get to that one point, and they look down, and they look across. They're like, am I going to make this? Am I going to be able to jump this? Moment of indecision, doubt or belief. Are you going to be able to make that, that space and time? Are you going to be able to physically get across? Are you going to be able to hold yourself up if you get there? And when you start thinking, yeah, I think I can. I think I can do this. What happens? Your adrenaline starts rushing. Your heart starts pumping. Your body starts reacting. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Or like a double dutch when it's going, and you're like this. You're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I can do this. I still can't get that down, believe it or not. It's that moment in time where you're ready. You're ready to go. But 
If you let doubt seep in, oh man, then the blood starts rushing in a different way. You start to panic. And it's like, oh boy, I don't think I can make this. I haven't stretched in 10 years. I'm not ready. Oh my God, we're 10 stories up. I don't, I don't know. And when you try to jump, your muscles contract, your body shrivels up, and you can't see yourself even accomplishing this task. That's what that small moment of indecision does to you. It paralyzes you, it weakens you. It wants to keep you right where you're at. It doesn't want you to advance. But if you let doubt continue to linger and fester in your mind and in your heart, it eventually turns to our second point. And the second point, sorry, commercial break. <laughs> Yo, oh, what's up? You scared me. Church is over and you're still in front of church. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for a cab. You, don't you own a car? I do, but I let Pastor borrow it and I'm too afraid to ask for it back. gonna bless it and anoint it is a brand new car, but that was last Tuesday. Quick Car, for when you're too afraid to ask Pastor for your car back. Download the Quick Car app today. Check, check. When you let doubt linger in your heart, it turns into fear. By the way, I still haven't got my car back, I'm just saying. <laughs> It turns into fear. Doubt festers in your heart, and now you're afraid to do things that you should be doing. You're afraid to go after things. And if you look at the definition of fear, it's very simple. To be afraid of. Synonyms of fear are bothered, fret, stew, sweat, anxiety, fright, worry, fuss, stress, trouble, panic, horror. You don't have to be an analytical sports genius to understand that as a player, if you wake up feeling these things on Super Bowl Sunday, you're in deep trouble. You can't wake up bothered and worried and troubled and panicked over the game you're about to play. Just doesn't work. For the believer, obviously, I don't want to feel any of these things throughout my normal life, especially on a day-to-day -day basis, especially when God tells me not to. Fear in itself is not the problem. Fear is an innate emotion in all of us. We all um, experience fear. It's the reaction to the fear that becomes the problem. When you allow fear to dictate your, your, your moves in life, you're going to enable yourself from doing anything for God or anyone else. If you let fear continue to grow in you, they become phobias. The definition of a phobia is an exaggerated, usually inexplicable, disabling, illogical fear of a particular object, class of objects, or situation. 
I want to highlight exaggerated, inexplicable, disabling, and illogical. And this is of, of immediate danger, perceived danger, or as Andy told us, danger that may not even exist. Fear, phobia. If you allow these things to control your life, you are not going to be able to live for God. It's, it's, just, it's just simple. There's no way that you can have these phobias and fears of stuff that you shouldn't be afraid of. For example, um, it's okay to be afraid of a spider because you don't want to get bit. But the phobia is when you're afraid just to look at a spider, for the spider to be around you, for the spider to be near you. It's understandable that you don't want to get pricked by a needle, but to faint over it, we got to examine that. It's okay, Pastor. We all, trust me, I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. But it's the reaction to the fear because Pastor still goes and gets his shots. It's the reaction to the fear. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to let it stop you and disable you? from doing what you got to do, or are you going to just confront the fear? Yeah. Somebody said once that courage is being afraid but doing it anyway. Right. And in order to do that, you have to trust God. You can't doubt. It has to be a trust in God. We went to a, um, a couple of friends of ours from, from here, went to a national water park on the northeast coast. And in this water park, we were... Um, What's wrong? Okay. In this water park, we were going. I love water parks. I love swimming. And we were going into this ride, and it's called the Lazy River Ride. I'm sure you've heard of it. And it's just simply a, a, a round body of water that goes in a circle, and you get on a tube, and you just sit there. Nothing happens. There's no dips or anything. It's just water falling on you. And this one person that was with us, we were going down the ramp, and the ramp leads to the water, and the water leads to getting the, the inner tube. And this person started to shake. I was behind this person. I was like, oh, man, the water's cold. I hate cold water. So I go, and I'm like, oh, man. I touch the water. I'm like, yeah, that's not bad. It's wrong with So we get in, and this person's still shaking. And I couldn't understand why. And they turn around. They're tearing and crying. I look around to see if something happened. And I, I'm like, are you OK? And they're like, I'm afraid of the water. It's like, OK. If anything happens, stand up. Because <laughs> the water was only up to here. I'm not 6'5", so this person was able, you know, I was just like, stand up. But I know how to swim. I was like, that's, that's okay. We're here, but if you don't know how to swim, stand up. So we got on the ride, and this person was holding on for dear life. They got on before us. I went after. We came around, and by the time, now you can stay on the lazy river as long as you want. They don't bother you. There's 400 lifeguards all around. They're watching the kids. They're looking in the water, making sure nobody's drowning. This person jumped off the inner tube, pushed the water as fast as they can, hit the stairs, and was gone. And we were like, yeah, we're going to be here for like, you know, eight or nine, ten turns. And they were like, yeah, no, that's not happening. So I found that strange. So, you know, after 20 more times around, we go confront this person. I'm like, what happened? They're like, I had to get off. I was like, wow. So me being the considerate, kind person that I am and caring, I forced them to get on another ride. And this ride was a four-story walk-up with your tube that goes on this big slide as you come down. And they didn't want to go, but they wanted to be with the group, so they went anywhere, and they grabbed the, 
the inner tube, and they're going up the stairs. And for four flights, I had to remember every preaching I've ever heard Pastor Mark do, every service we've had here, quote, every scripture I can remember to this person just to get him up the four flights. Just, I was talking about breast cancer awareness. I was talking about first fruits. Like, it didn't matter. I was just talking about whatever, whatever I can remember. And this person, again, panicking, tearing. But this time, I looked at this person and I said, listen, you're here with your kid. And if you don't show that you can overcome this fear, that's going to pass on. Because fear doesn't have to be experienced. It could be watched. You get a phobia from somebody else going through the experience. And I told him, you don't want that to happen. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't doing this for God. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. <laughs> Pastor, see, we can go and pray for each other. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. So they get up to the top, and they get on the into and they get pushed in. And for about 15 seconds, Pastor, we'll talk later, this person lost Jesus. Just lost Jesus. And was screaming and cursing at everybody and their mother as they went down. But at the end, they hit the water. We'll leave it there. So I get on, and I go down the slide. And I get to the end, and I get up, and I'm all happy. And this person's at the end, probably around where the usher is, Joey. And they're standing up. And they're excited and exhilarated, and they're smiling. And I get to them, and I go, so how was it? And they go, it wasn't that bad. I was like, did you like it? Yeah. I was like, and you're standing. Yeah. And that's actually when this came to me. Sometimes we're afraid to go through stuff, and we're afraid what's going to happen. But once we actually go through it and get through it, at the end, God's going to have you standing. And this person got through it and stood at the end. Where just minutes ago, they were running away from the water. Minutes later, once they faced their fears, they were standing. Not that I'm a psychologist. I know that's what you're supposed to do. I honestly just want to see what was going to happen. But this person taught me a lesson. And that gets us to our theme verse. And that's Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In every verse in the Bible, you could probably do a preaching on it. Because there's just so much in every verse. And God, in a sense, uses shorthand here. At least to me when I was reading it. There's shorthand in this verse. This verse is so long in my head. So I want to read it the way I understood it and the way I think the intent was made for this verse. And that goes, so do not fear. Not fear sometimes, not fear once in a while, not fear when the problem is too big. Do not fear, for I am with you. You are not alone. I am your ever present help in times of trouble. I am with you every step of the way. When you're alone, when you're scared, when there's no one around, when there's people that don't understand you, I am there. I am right by your side. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are never alone. Do not be dismayed. Do not worry. Do not fret. Do not be anxious. For I am your God. 
This is the shorthand. I am. I am that I am. I am what you need me to be. I am what you don't even know you need me to be. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am God. God that created you. God that created the heavens and the earth. That God that spoke the world into existence. I am God. And I am your God because you believed in me. So I stand by you. My power, my strength is with you. You can hide behind me. I will go in front of you. I am your God. I am with you. I will strengthen you. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is with you. I will give you strength when you are weary, when it hurts too much, when the disease is trying to take over, when your work problems are trying to take over, when your family's trying to take over. I will strengthen you. Don't run to the alcohol. Don't run to the drugs. Don't run to the people that you've been running to all your life that have put you down. Run to me because I will strengthen you and help you. I have tools for you to use. There's prayer, there's my word, there's the armor of God, there's the men and women I've placed in front of you in church. I will help you. I'm here for you. Just run to me, I will help you. I will uphold you. When you get out of the slide at the end and you are standing, I will hold you there. I'm not going to let you fall. When you get weary, I will help you up. When you stumble, I will be there. I will uphold you every step of the way. That's the God that I am. And I will do this with my righteous right hand. The right hand of God. The right hand where Jesus is seated. The righteousness that rewards those that are just. That rewards those that are good. That rewards those who earnestly seek me. This righteous right hand that punishes the wicked. You will be upheld by this right hand. I don't even need my left. I got my right. That's all you need. My right hand. So grab hold of the hand. Hold on to me. And there's no reason to fear. That's how I read that verse. Again, as a player, you can't go into the game fearing everything around you, fearing to get hurt, fearing to lose, fearing that your teammates won't support you, fearing that your coaching staff is not behind you. You can't go into a game with these worries. And as a believer, you can't go through life with these fears. You just can't. Because it would be contradictory to everything God is telling you. There's nowhere in the word where it says that God says, I don't think I can handle that problem. I don't think I'm big enough for your situation. I don't think I will bless you when I tell you I'm going to bless you. God is not man that he should lie. That's why we shouldn't be doubting. That's why we shouldn't worry about fear. It's your reaction to the fear. It's not the fear itself. We all all get afraid. That's fine. It's what are you going to do when you are afraid? Are you going to move or are you going to stay still? There's a couple reactions to fear, and we've all heard of the flight and fight response, right? The flight response is like this. I go downstairs in the office, past the ears on the calendar, checking off all the dates for 2018 already. And she hits February, and she looks up at me, and I run. Because I know that I may get asked to participate somehow on Super Bowl Sunday. That's the flight response. I'm out of here. 
The fight response, we, do, we normally take it as that we're going to fight the problem. The problem as believers is that we don't end up fighting the problem, we fight the solution. We're fighting God about the problem. Take the problem away. Don't let me go through the problem. Do something about the problem. I don't want to walk through it. You're always like, oh, my God, the problem. I don't, Lord, take it away. And he's telling you, fear not, for I am with you. Just go through. But no, we want to fight him. I don't want to change how I am, Lord. I don't, want, I, mean, I don't know if I want to change who I am. See, because if I go through this problem, I come out on the other side, that means your word is true. And if your word is true, that means i got to follow you. And if i got to follow you, that means i got to get rid of stuff that I'm doing now that I don't want to get rid of. I may not want to stop watching that TV program. I may not want to stop hanging out with that person that I hang out with. I may want to not stop drinking. I may not want to not stop going to the club. You're fighting the solution instead of the problem. There's a third reaction to fear as well. And, uh, yeah, commercial break. <laughs> Welcome to In Action Park, the park where you come to do nothing. Watch others as they ride the roller coaster. Stand near the guy who's having fun in the sun. Stand absolutely still as others try to reach the sky. In Action Park, where you accomplish nothing at all. Nothing. In Action Park. The third response to fear is inaction. And the definition of inaction is lack of action. Failure to do something that should be done. Not just not doing something, but failing to do something that should be done. Inaction. A lot of times that's considered deer in the headlights, right? The deer should move that night on November 2013. It should have moved. But it didn't. Inaction led to its death. Spiritual inaction leads to spiritual death. As a player getting on the field, there is nothing you're going to accomplish if you just stand here like this while everything's going on around you'll be ineffective. There'll be people moving around you and you're not doing anything. And that'll hinder your team because they're down one man. That'll strengthen the other team because they're up one man. You're not doing your part in the team to win the game. In action, doing something that should be done. What are we doing? Synonyms of inaction are dormancy, idleness, inactivity, inertness, no motion. If a player's feeling doing any of these things, they're probably going to get wrecked on the field. I mean, totally wrecked. If Tom Brady just stands there doing nothing while people are coming at him, he'll be in the hospital, which I hope not. Um, Matthew 25 talks about the parable of the talents. And it's, I'm not going to go through all of it, but it's a parable of talents about a master who had some servants and he entrusted some money to them. Back then, talents were considered money a currency, but at the same time, we could use talents to think about gifts and abilities. 
it's amazing how thousands of years ago this story is still relevant because maybe it's true. And anyway, that's another preaching. But he gave one servant five talents, another two, and another one one. The one with the five talents went and invested and made it grow and got five more. The one with the two did the same. But the one with the one talent um, did this. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Say that again. Dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. God has not given you talent for you to give it back to him on judgment day. God has given us talents and gifts to use within the body of Christ. Why? Because we're a team. We're together here. And when you're not doing your part, you, you strain everybody else. Contrary to popular belief, I know we are here to entertain you. The result may be entertaining, but that wasn't the purpose. The purpose is to preach the good news. Yeah. The purpose is to reach lost souls. Yeah. The purpose is to get to those who may not come on Super Bowl Sunday to hear the word of God. The purpose is to go out into our communities and transform people. But many of us here have dug a hole and put our talents in it and are sitting on it right now. And you see you're coming in getting entertained, which is great, but you're not doing anything for the body of Christ. In action. Not doing what you should be doing. And that inaction comes from doubting God's word. Well, I don't know if this talent is good enough to do anything in church. I don't know if I'm good enough at this talent. I don't even know if I have a talent. Fear. I don't know if I want to use a talent because what are people going to say about me? They're going to think I'm like this holy roller. I may have to change certain things in my life. I don't want to do that I'm good right here sitting down doing nothing. But I'll complain and I'll criticize because I'm good at that. That's one talent I'm good at. But I don't want to do anything to help. Listen, I may, not be, I may not have been the person to speak this Sunday. Could have been somebody else, but you're sitting on that talent. You're sitting on what you should be using for God, investing into that talent, bringing it forth so that we can go out and preach the good news. Amen. A lot of us are coming in here because they think that this is a YMCA or the local gym or AMC movie theaters. We're not here to entertain. If you're here to have social media friends, this is the wrong place for you. See, because if you follow the word of God, loving one another won't be the problem. Forgiving one another won't be a problem. Living in human in community in harmony with one another won't be a problem. That's going to come automatically. So we don't have to strive to get that to happen. If you're doing your part, that will happen. So you should be coming in here worried about doing what God wants you to do and all other things will follow. God is telling you, do not fear, do not worry, do not fret, for I am with you. In a couple of moments, you'll probably be brought to that moment of indecision. Do I believe or don't I believe? For those of you who have not received Lord as, you, as Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to come to that indecision of what am I going to do? This is that moment of am I going to believe 
what he's saying? Am I going to believe what my family said? Am I going to believe what I've been hearing all my life? Or am I just going to keep sitting here in doubt and disbelieve and take the easy road where I know nothing's going to happen? But that easy road leads to fear and inaction. For those of you that do believe, it's that moment to say, what am I doing with my talent? What am I doing with what God has blessed me with? Am I using it for his glory? Or am I sitting here wasting away? Spiritual inaction leads to spiritual death. This is the moment in time where you got to figure out, what am I doing? What is Not what you're getting out of church. What are you giving into church? What are you going to do with what God has blessed you? He's telling you, fear not. I am with you. I am here with you. Do not worry. Do not fret. I'll be with you every step of the way. But that decision to move is yours. Why don't we stand for a moment? I want to speak to that moment of indecision. And as we stand in this place and there's stillness in the house, um, you're really standing at the moment of losing the game, but it really is bigger than that. It's um, losing the big game called life. That's what it's about. I love what Aaron said. We're not here to entertain and make you feel good about being here. It's actually making you feel good about the rest of your life. And I want to invite you as um, we take this moment to stand right there at the threshold, at the moment of possible indecision. Do I do it or do I don't do it? We just bow our heads for a moment. And then I want to lead you in a moment of prayer of confession. Just step out of your seat as this sermon has touched your life. And come on and stand right here in the field. I don't want you to lose in this game called life. Come Stand right here, right out of your seat. Let Christ come into your heart. It's not a call for religion or theology or anything like that. We want to cheer you on to win in life. To find that gift that you have deep inside and use that for his kingdom. Uh, to rediscover your purpose, really. I know we have some that are up here, but you're right now. Some people are doing that double dutch. Do I jump in or not? This is the moment. I really believe that in the deepest places of my heart, this is the moment. And I just want to lead you in prayer. Not interested in you joining our church. Not interested in any of that stuff that you hear. It's really about your whole life is before you. Your whole life. You can make it count. And you know, it's true. You've ignored the spiritual side of your your life. You thought it was about a package called religion. No, it isn't any of that. It's really having Christ. Yeah. Come, jump in. Receive Christ as your Savior. Make that decision. Your family will benefit from it. Your future will line up. It really will. It really, really will. It really will. Let him come into your heart. Your plans for careers will fall in place.
Father, I thank you for this moment that you give us after this incredible sermon on this day, Lord, that we think it's about a game, but it really is about life. And I pray, Lord, for those that are, have made commitments to receive you today. They want to win in this game called life. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would blanket them from their head to toe and remove all fear, remove all doubt. Give them that confidence, Lord, to grab onto life and just move forward. I pray, Lord, that you would right now, Father, come into their hearts and establish your throne there. And that from this day forward, their, day, their life would be different than what it had been up to this point. Please repeat after me, those that are up here and those that are in the audience, repeat as well to help those that are up here. Just pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I come to you just as I am. So many mistakes feel far from you. But this day, I pray that you forgive me of my sins, of my past. I receive Christ as my Savior. Give me the strength to keep this commitment from this day forward. Amen and amen. Lord, bless our brothers and sisters as they now become part of the family of God. Bless them, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together as a clap offering before the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. It's about starting over again. Amen. I want to encourage you if you're visiting us for the first time, or you've been here before but you perhaps haven't done this, the ushers have a card that you can fit on in the back. And it's simply asking for very basic information so that we can get back in touch with you. You'll find it at the back, and the ushers can provide that for you. It's your name, your email, your address, your bank account, credit card number. Nothing deep, social security, no. Just your name and address email and phone number because all we want to do is reach out to you that's all we want to do and uh, and touch base with you so make sure you fill that out and, and get it back to us aaron thank you for blessing us aaron amen hallelujah thank you so much very proud uh, and for us it's a special because we aaron's been here since he was like 12 years old so to see him emerge to the man he's become and be able to share the goodness of the Lord, the way he's done today. We love you, Aaron. We appreciate you. We celebrate you. Amen. Hallelujah. God is just amazing. What a word today. How to lose the big game. It'll never mean... This is football, right? Football will never mean the same thing for me again. Didn't mean anything for me before, but it won't be moving forward. No, it's just an incredible, incredible presentation here today that really speaks to our journey in life. How many things have you not accomplished because of fear or doubt? Amen. And, and Aaron was explained it so well. Move forward. Believe the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's going to see you through in all your circumstances and situations. So we love you, Aaron. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to remind you to come and join us again, worshiping this coming Wednesday. Come on out and be with us. And, uh, and, and just stay connected with us here in this church. We'll reconfigure the seats back to the way we usually have them. And then you'll hear Aaron again next February of next year. He's already booked. 
but uh, make sure you come and bring your friends as well. Amen. This is a church experience of a different kind. Can we sing a song? Yeah, let's do that. Worship team, come on up here. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we'll close in prayer and be dismissed to our homes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'll get you your car back. It was fun. Let's sing a song. Amen. You can't lead us. Hallelujah. Praise God in the highest. Worthy is a lamb of God. Father, we just thank you for this great time we've been able to enjoy here today. And I pray, dear God, that we will make those serious commitments in our lives. 
make those vows to follow after you, that this would be the beginning of a wonderful journey and experience with you, that our life would take a turn for the better beginning this very day. I lift up my hand, Lord. I bless everyone hearing my voice with the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We leave this place encouraged, Lord, ready to not only be blessed, but be a blessing to others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Blessings of the Lord to you.